Hello and a welcome to uh, the Dive Quick Dip episode. Is going to be our new uh, breaking news reaction uh, type of line that we're going to uh, try and keep up. Kind of started it with the Uzi one with the, mm-hmm. his retirement and the uh, last episode of previous weeks. But biggest news right now, um, Immortals just dropped this tweet. They didn't say pretty much anything else around it. Just we've decided to part ways with LCS GM Keaton Cryer and LCS coach Thomas Zabutin uh, C. Hassan. Uh, we'd like to thank both of them for their work with Immortals and a boom. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, it's pretty out of the blue uh one of the things that also struck me was you know it, it almost feels like they're Is dropping like the a yeah i th- i think so uh like mid split four games in they don't have uh that as i understand any like any person with a lot of experience that is stepping in and taking their spot it's just like get it out of there like blow it up it drops at like 9 30 p.m uh you know pacific it felt like a little bit kind of like thief in the night. Like, let's just sneak it in here when no one's watching, uh, which which was a bit surprising to me. Usually announcements like that are kind of done or afternoon or early afternoon. Usually they're, they're you know, alongside more of kind of like an, an in-depth plan on, on what's going to happen next. Um, I do believe that they, they mentioned something about that. Like, I remember reading somewhere who someone was going to be kind of covering in the meantime, but I actually can't find that now. Uh, I remember seeing it, I think in, in actually the Reddit thread, uh, but they're talking about like the, the coach or one of the managers from their overwatch team, which That's I think is I the thought, Valiant yeah. is coming over. And I think they're, there's like an ass- assistant coach that they're like self-promoting from within. I don't think they're hiring anyone new for it. Yeah. Like, so the, the overwatch league thing to, to me sat like that when I hear something like that, like someone, you know, within the, the greater organization, but not with experience in the game is coming over to cover something. And maybe he does have, have background in the game. That to me feels like this was a knee jerk reaction. Something happened. Got to get him out of there and, and got to make a change right away. It's different if it comes alongside an announcement where like, we have hired Sam Kobe Hartman Kensler to be our new GM and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, this just felt like the time of night, the, the lack of like announcement uh, of, of kind of the replacements um, mm-hmm. was just surprising to me. So that's why it felt pretty out of the blue. I will say um, that this is, it's definitely common to like ax coaches um in you know regular sports if if yep. you're having a terrible season and stuff like that the the break point of it being in the middle of the season right now um is definitely surprising and you're like okay well why now because and it's only the, two weeks in the team yeah. the team's been bad for a while but that's why i say i it's not entirely out of the blue to me because mm-hmm. uh for a long time uh Immortals have been getting uh, lots of flame for multiple stages of how this, like even when they first started and they hired Zabutin himself, I know, um, you know, there was a a lot of uh, skepticism around like, okay, you know, he has no experience coaching, but it was brushed off with nobody really has a lot of experience coaching uh, LCS or professional league of legends for that matter. Mm. And this to me, while it was, uh, kind of a spark and you know an instant like oh wow it's, it's shocking that it's happening right now um, I was like well the team has been struggling for a long time uh, personnel choices definitely got a giant microscope on them after uh, benching you know like Smithy yeah. uh, Apollo Haku so it's not as surprising as 
as, uh, as some choices. I, I guess yeah. it just feels like the whole can of worms, you know what I mean? It's like, it's all connected a little bit. It feels like, like they didn't do that bad in spring. And it felt like if they were so unhappy with how they did in spring, then they would have made those changes during the off season. Right. And then coming into summer, there's this shocking announcement that Smithy isn't starting, you know, Paulo and Haku aren't starting. They're bringing up players from their ninth place Academy team play LCS. And then two weeks in your zero four and your coach and your GM both get axed. So it does feel like all kind of connected to me um, in that perhaps the ownership disagreed with some of the roster choices or some, some of how that was handled, or there was, you know, disagreements between the players and the management and, you know, the owners are siding maybe more with the players and saying, Hey, like, you know, we don't think they handled this properly, but it doesn't feel like just a standard, oh, you know, you haven't done well enough overall. Like, let's just get rid of you because it just feels too random two weeks into the split. You could have done this in the offseason and you could have done this before there was these big roster changes. To, like, but part of the, the reason for me is like, this is kind of the MO. It feels like a little bit for Immortals where like you don't get the, the clarity that you think you would want around some of these choices, you know, like that statement isn't followed up. Like you were saying with like, we're dedicated to bringing you the highest level, blah, blah, like even as a PR thing, you know, some kind of one of those when we're looking and evaluating all levels of our, our infrastructure to bring you a high quality roster, you know, like they usually when teams do something like this, there's some, like you're saying some kind of forward plan. Yeah. Um, but then again, I don't feel like I ever hear a forward plan for immortal. So it doesn't necessarily so it's feel on brand. Well, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't feel <laughs> any more surprising than any of the other things I've, I've heard, you know, in the past. And I think, you know, that's where a lot of my criticism had gone uh, for the organization wasn't like on specific players. And I'm sure we'll get into to that mm -hmm. uh, part in a little bit, but it was always for me, like people make mistakes. You can do bad things and like make errors in your judgment about which player you thought was going to work out or whatever it is. And like the synergy is not there, but you, you kind of owe it to the fans in the league to explain all that. Like mm -hmm. golden guardians has better despite being a team that has struggled a lot over their, their short tenure in the LCS. I at least feel like I see good effort from them to, to rationalize and explain themselves out. They're trying their best. They're trying, they're trying, you know, that's They've all got that's, some hustle. You that's, know, that's the, the that's, step. That's the, the most we asked for. The least this is, this, and this comes back to part of the reason at our first episode of Summer Split, when you know all the news about the actual roster changes and benching all the a lot of the LCS players came out, uh, and the announcement of ten person roster, I was very skeptical, and I said this has got to be a symptom of deeper problems. This is not a good yeah. thing to have a ten person roster in this case. This is an oh shit. Uh, we have 10 players here and, and we don't know what we're doing. So <laughs> 10 person roster. Where's so, the wall? I got the spaghetti. Just... <laughs> so I feel like, like that, I feel like vindicated in my, in my like power rankings and like yeah. looking at the beginning of the split because it, it doesn't seem, uh, and your point about the, the lack of planning is, is really there because, um, especially right now with COVID you, you it's almost impossible to get replacements for anything. Yeah. Um, so it, it does, it does take an extreme measure in a situation like this where you're not going to be able to replace. Uh, I mean, it's already difficult to replace coaches, but especially with no visas, no, uh, nobody can even travel right now. Um, so, you know, changing the, the players or the coaches is, is, is super difficult. It's it's difficult, but we we still saw other teams making moves. Doublelift and TL with bringing mm -hmm. Jat. You know, Golden Guardians went out and got Demonte between and, splits. Yeah, like there 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 are 
moves that could be made that you could then try to, to mm -hmm. explain. But like the move was just swap out for parts in your Academy league team, but not really explain why you're valuing them higher, you know? Well, and, and that's why it's hard, I think, for, for Immortals fans and for, for people to really look at this as anything other than throwing the season in, in the trash and just saying, all right, let's prep for next year, right? And then that 10-man roster, I get it a little bit more. You know, Potluck hasn't looked bad in the LCS. You know, maybe you're going to just start experimenting a lot, you know, with, with your LCS games and start putting different people in, see what pieces are worth keeping, and then try to plan for next year for, for like a major overhaul. Right. You know, that's what this kind of feels like to me. Um, but, you know, to talk a, a little bit about about Zavutin, you know, I did look up uh, some. Well, I had the stats team help me look up some stuff. And and I was kind of curious, like, what is your guys impression of, of how he did overall in the LCS? Like if you had to take a stab at like c c like win loss and this type of stuff, like oh, where God. around around where would you put him? Because I'm just yeah. curious and I don't expect you to get it right. But I'm just curious, like where is public perception of how he's doing versus where he actually landed? Um, I think people forget that there were some okay splits with Optic. Um, they made playoffs once. Uh, Poe got them really close another time. I think. Um, mm -hmm. I think they had a nine and nine season. So I would say like they're, you know, they were probably around a forty percent, maybe a little bit worse win rate team between forty and thirty percent. Um, generally, I don't think that they ever finished above top six. Uh, and I have a follow-up point, but Azale smiling, so I'll let him drop the knowledge. He can't wait to get this out. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just impressed. Uh, thir Thirty-nine and sixty-one is his career uh, record in the LCS. So, an, an even hundred games, one thirty-nine of them. So, you pretty much nailed it, Mark. Uh, right, right around forty percent. So, I, I'm pretty impressed by that. But like, you know, forty percent win rate in the LCS, not impressive. But uh, when you also look at the rosters that, you know, Zabutin has had, um, it's not as though he has had, you know, star-studded lineups. Um, and, you know, when I try to be, like, realistic about if I put, you know, these rosters that, that he has had with the coach, like, what are my expectations? And honestly, winning a little bit less than half your games, like, seems pretty good for what he's been working with over, over the last couple of years. Again, this is not like some, oh my God, you crushed it, Hall of Fame performance where, you know, you really took your players to the next level. But like, I have never once been impressed by one of the rosters that he has been working with. And we have seen some teams do a lot worse with sometimes even more. Um, so so it, it is interesting, uh, you know, and, and Immortals should be kind of like shooting for those higher heights. And obviously when they came into the LCS, they were absolutely crushing it and they had these, uh, you know, incredible runs. And I think that is what they are trying to get back to. So they are trying to strive for much more than what they have had. Um, but, you know, Zabatine, uh, I've been seeing him him getting roasted a little bit. I don't know what what all is happening in the community, but, you know, I have definitely seen uh, some shots fired his way on, on Twitter and everything. So I at least wanted to like put out some numbers that I had seen to give people kind of a baseline of, of how he actually did. Was that trying to help? Are you? <laughs> what? It's, so it's, it's, it's just trying to arm people with the facts and people can make their own, it can make their own decisions. <laughs> I, I think before Kobe takes the negative side, I'll throw in one little more nugget. Uh, I talked to him a couple times at like different things between splits. Um, and I know we had talked about budgeting and like, you know, it's, it, he was, he was talking about how hard it is to evaluate how well a GM is doing for say golden guardians and immortals versus tl um yeah if you have with budget yeah if, if you can literally throw a million dollars at someone and that's 
a fifth of your budget or a fourth of your budget. Like, of course you're like, okay, yeah, I got it, Smithy. But then I also got Jensen. I also got Broxa and like, you know, their big one signing is like equal to one signing from some of these other organizations. So like on that level, I, I definitely see that. Like, I, I doubt that they had all the same resources. Um, but I don't think that that really does anything with the, the criticisms that I had with the organization about, communication and being forward thinking mm-hmm. and exp- having an explicit plan. If your plan is to be lo- like the low budget thing, like sell me on the money ball dream. I don't care if it's kind of BS, you know, like give me something. I do care if it's BS because I, I feel mean, like clutch tried to sell us on the money ball dream and we all hated it after one split because there was nothing to back it up. So like, I, I, I kind of right, disagree that. with that. Like clutch is like money ball. We've got the numbers. We've got these stats that no one's looking at. We are evaluating right, people in was... such a different way. And freak was like, yeah, freak was loving it. He was so hyped up. All right. That... And then there was nothing. There was nothing. That's not quite a, I know, I know that I said money ball. That was, yeah, that was stupid. But I just mean like saying that you have a low budget, <laughs> you have a low budget and you're trying to find diamonds in the rough and piece together teams like that are a little different, you know? So like, then go with young players, right? That that's my issue with that is sure, that yeah. you know if 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 you want to be the low budget team, <laughs> Kobe wants to tweak, uh, and and I will I will let Kobe in here after this. But if you want to be bouncing this whole episode, if you want to be the low budget team, then it's like you know why why go for more known quantities? People have been around for a really long time. Aiko was a very known quantity. Um, yes, not as much in LCS, but he spent a lot of time in, in European pro and semi pro. Uh, so has obviously been around forever. You know these are these are more known quantities. I would rather see people take take shots with young players uh, and undiscovered talents and try to find that diamond in the rough that, that can then maybe, you know, boost your team up. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we've got a list. First of all, on, on Mark's thing, on wanting to be fed BS of, of, of Moneyball. And, Mark's and, like, lie to me, baby. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying, give me something. I'd rather be given a pile of BS than nothing. I, can I, I would not <laughs> because like, so we've had it multiple times where, where there are teams that are just like, Oh yeah. You know, we're, we're working with this shoestring budget, but uh, we're, we're finding value in places that they're not. I'm like, okay, how are you finding this value? And they're just like, well, we're getting cheaper players uh, to, to meet our budget. And I was just like meeting your lower budget, just because you have a lower budget does not mean you're money balling. Like you, ha- you need to be finding and creating value somehow in a way that saves you money. Not mm. that, Oh, I'm operating under restrictions where I have less money. That doesn't just make you more efficient just to say, yes, we have less money. So I, that's my problem with that thing. My other problem is like, this is, all, this could be so much speculation with this. Of course. Um, even when you're like, oh man, if I was Zabutine and I had those players, uh, you know, he, that he was put with, um, I know there is at least some level of input in, in finding the players. And of course they did have, uh, one of the lower restrictions, um, on money and on resources. Um, there's just, there's, there's so many, so much speculation that, that goes into all these, these aspects. And we really want to have inside info to be able to talk on it because these types of like GM moves and coaching moves are what we are like partially like dipping into. Um, and I'm so sad because I had actually requested an interview with Zabutin 
for our intro of the Immortals game that I'm casting this weekend. And I'm pretty sure we're not getting that now. You got something I mean, if you got it, about. if you got it, it would be pretty spicy at this it, point. It would be actually amazing. Maybe I should just redouble my efforts. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Get it. Maybe, your efforts. maybe all the info does come out. That's how we get away from the speculation. We can have some cold hard facts out there live. Uh, but uh, I forgot the main point that I was going for. <laughs> got uh, derailed. And, you know, speculation, not being able to know what's going on. And that's why we like him. Like, that's why I like at least having a game plan that I can critique. Cause otherwise, you know, if, if you feed me that BS line about clutch, at least I can call it like you guys are BSing. And then there's a whole narrative there. That's fun. This is just mm-hmm. like, it's it's hard to it's hard to evaluate a team fairly when you don't know the reasons for the different things, right? And that that I think is maybe what you're trying to kind of get at, Kobe, right? It's hard to like place blame uh, in one place or another place if you don't know who's responsible for what and, and and whatnot. And that's kind of like linking to what Mark is saying: is the team doesn't communicate a lot. You don't always know the reason behind decisions, so it's like, okay, well, whose fault was it, right? Um, you know, and, and and I do think that 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 is kind of like a tough part. Uh, one of the most criticized moves has always been Aka. Right, this guy played in, in European Semi Pro. Uh, you know, didn't have a lot of success there. I think he was briefly in the LEC, didn't have a lot of success there. Then all of a sudden, he's you know in NA on an LCS team starting. You know, there was kind of like a lot of accusations of like nepotism or favoritism towards you know French players because Abitine's French, and then they got Soaz and they got Aka. Uh, Aka recently just came out last night, you know, and tweeted that he'd only talked to Abitine one time in like you know when he was on analyst desk. Um, for the French broadcast and that was it they weren't friends they weren't like you know club buddies as I had heard it rumored and various things like this um, you know and, and he was also saying that it's like the the criticism from the community has just gotten to like a fever pitch to where it's just like attacking Aka as a person and no longer as a player and that is something that I think is 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 like a line in the sand that I always want to keep pretty clear I think it's fair to criticize play I think it's fair to criticize you know the player but not necessarily the person, right? And I do think that people are, are maybe getting a bit too vicious and some of the pros in the community were also kind of rallying behind him on this um, because he has been getting targeted very, very heavily and some pretty some pretty mean personal attacks uh, are kind of being thrown his way, which is, you know, really just too far. Uh, yeah. yeah, of course. The the bullying is always going to be uh, too far. Go ahead, Mark, though. I was going to say, like, it's, it's unfortunate that he has somewhat become a receptacle for a lot of... Um... I don't know if it's the majority opinion, but definitely a loud opinion in the community about North America's over-reliance on imports and uh, these kinds of things. And even SOAS probably has has been one of these targets um, for people who are getting opportunities that they're taking away from North American talent or that like uh, they're just here for paychecks or we you know whatever you want to call it. Um, and so like at that point, I don't even think it, you could take out any name there and put in almost anybody and it's the same attack that they're going to be making but they still make it really personal which is why it's it's a little you know ridiculous to also put it on him like if you were going to criticize that it would be immortals and that you know gm and zabatine a little bit but also just like you know uh who, who's hiring everyone like that's yeah. a, that's a structure if someone uh, wants to pay me 400k or 500k or whatever to I'll play take in the that. LCS and I know I'm going to be the worst player in the league and I'm going to cost my team every game, I'm still accepting that paycheck. It's their fault, not mine. You're part of the problem, Azale. <laughs> <laughs> what, you should respectfully uh, decline a massive pay increase? Uh, I'm okay being in, part of the problem. I'll be a rich part of the problem. In, <laughs> in light of separating the personal from the facts, um, he, he was... He was not a good mid laner. No, um, I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, sorry, Mark. Just, you're laugh, just you're laughing, laughing, but it's true, his, right? He's probably he was the bottom bot- mid laner in the he, league. He yeah. was yeah. bottom three in gold difference at 10, experience difference at 10, CS difference at 10, KDA. Um, for, for last one, looking at spring because it's mm-hmm. a larger sample size. In summer, um, they all, also did not have a good start. He's actually uh, last in KDA. But, of course, uh, you know, a lot of this is also contributed to the team that's around you and how you're playing as a team. Um, but again, him not being, uh, you know, him being one of the bottom mid laners in the league doesn't, uh, nec- shouldn't open him up to a lot of these kind of excessive attacks, I think is, is the yeah. main thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a lot of criticisms for his play and, and I watched actually quite a bit of him, uh, last split on ProView because, you know, I started doing lane kingdom and I would look for these big discrepancies in lane and try to see how they're created. There was, you know, just to be honest, quite a few with Aka and very often off of, you know, some critical mistakes that he made that, that then put himself in these really losing positions. And I do think that that is like one of his biggest problems is that he is prone to these really big errors uh that put him in such a hole and that contributes to a lot of like his overall stats being poor he is not always playing poorly but he has these moments where you know he's gonna almost throw his entire lane off of off of one mistake and that is something that you know at this level um you just don't get to get away with right you know especially in some of these really precarious matchups that can snowball you know the one mistake can cost you the game um you know, something a lot of people also have been talking about in relation to Aka is if there's a new GM and new coach coming in, would they be looking for replacements for him? Golden Glue, notably absent from an LCS roster, that is someone that a lot of people are pointing to and, and maybe kind of like hoping or expecting because I always feel like there's a lot of people kind of like cheering for Golden Glue, you know, and, and it, it's interesting because I do think in general, there's there's like the whole feeling of, People who've been around for a long time and haven't gotten really good are, are like washed up and get them out of there. But then there's also like a you know an element that is like keep fighting Golden Glue, you can do it. Arc. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's kind of funny, but um, I do think Golden Glue would be an upgrade. And I do think you know even if even if you you make a move like that, you pick up Golden Glue, you put Xmithy back in the starting lineup, you bring in Apollo and Hakuo, and you go from there. Like I think the team is already looking a lot better. Uh, and you know, in is in a position to at least start picking up some wins. I think. Uh, sorry, for me, that's that's what I want to know going forward. Like, I'm not an Immortals diehard fan, but if I was, I'd be like, okay, you've gotten rid of what you are trying to sell me as the problems, uh, or at least some of them. Uh, so, what are you going to start doing now to also give me solutions? Is it, you know, this GM from Overwatch I'm supposed to be excited about? Like, are you going to put out? content around this guy to make me excited about him if it's going to be players coming in like golden glue like are you trying to make a push for playoffs this split by bringing all tech or excuse me apollo and hakuho back or are you trying to figure out if gates like you know someone you want to hold on to like you kind of think with potluck does that mean you should bring in insanity as well um you know these are the kinds of things that i would like them to not have all the answers with right away but start selling the plan a little bit on on whatever it is yeah, it's pretty interesting that we're also having this uh, conversation right after the need more North American rookies and talent and, you know, get some of the old unmotivated players out of there. And then uh, you're slapping down names that are uh, going to that have been around for years and years and years. I mean, and we're like, get Golden Glue, get- Smithy, Apollo, Hakuo all back in there. Well, three, three of them are literally sitting in Academy. 
right on the same org so that's why i think people are pointing to them and then golden glue is just an obvious one yeah you know if if there is i would equally be happy with them saying all right screw it season's lost boom and bring in a bunch of rookies anyone that you think is promising you know bring them in there get them some experience i would actually be totally down for that what i would say you know i am not down for is no change right if, if you're gonna get rid of your gm get rid of your coach you're zero and four you look like you know definitely one of the worst teams in the league alongside dignitas if nothing changes after that then it's like well what was the point right yeah then then you're just cruising and you're just like not really doing anything so i either you you do the like win now option which i do think is bringing up those known quantities that you have an academy picking up someone like golden glue trying to improve the roster remember top eight makes playoffs that is not unachievable by any means, right? We're saying they're ninth, tenth. Move up they're one, one spot game behind in playoffs. Exactly. Yeah, they're one game um, behind. So you know that that is option A. Option B, if you're if you're going to try to tank the season, then at least make it worthwhile. In that you are testing new players, you are you know trying to you know, bring up some new talent, find that next gem that you can hopefully build around for the future. Yeah, I I think uh, it can be hard moving contracts around, and I know. I've talked to some GMs about, uh, you know, who are kind of lamenting about the difficulty of, you know, contract mobility, even amongst Academy players. Uh, because when you do look at this roster, you know, that, that dream about getting a bunch of young rookies or younger players and throwing them out there and just giving them a crack at the LCS against the top talent and seeing how they look, they don't really have that right now. You know, like insanity is, is basically the only one with potluck. Otherwise most of them are, are older players. Um, you know, like Gate has been around since season three or season four. Uh, so it's not like he's necessarily new. I'm not saying he's peaked either necessarily, but just like he's not a new face um, where there are new faces in Academy to look at. Yeah. I want to bring up uh, a topic I thought was pretty interesting. I was talking to Keen about um, if we go back to 2018, Cloud9 benching of Sneaky, Jensen, these super popular players, um, these players that have been around for a while, um, and and trying to inject, uh, you know, there was a huge backlash um, for trying to take out some of these, uh, you know, names that people are, are used to and have proven successes in, in kind of a similar pattern. And so it feels like you just you have to hone in on the right amount of time to give testing ground to rookies and to um, new talent. Of course, Immortals, even with uh, their LCS roster, half of them in Academy, the Academy team is two and two. Um, So it's not like they went down there and they're smashing and they're like, all right, can't wait to have all the aces back in, right? Uh, So it's it's definitely a, a difficult situation. I think uh, to that point about the C9 thing too, though, like one thing they did well to the point that they were criticized was transparency. Like they were a little too transparent there where they like ambushed their players. Like, you're getting benched cameras on you, you know, like <laughs> I'm not saying we need that level of, of, you know, like reality TV esque transparency, but at least I can see the problems that they thought they had and why they thought this was a solution to fix it. Um, which just to go back to that point one last time, because I don't know if I've hit it enough, <laughs> like, you know, that's that's the kind of things that everyone watching needs to have to be able to get behind any of these changes. 
Yeah. And, and with cloud nine, it was also a bit of a different situation simply because they were obviously, you know, more successful. And those are the players that everyone kind of equated with cloud nine success. Right. So when this happened, it felt more shocking, more crazy. Um, you know, people, because I, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was exactly. More shocking. Yeah. Uh, but so people people aren't necessarily, I think, up in arms as as much about, you know, Hako and Apollo, for example, right, compared to the Xmithy one, because Xmithy, um, you know, obviously has had so much success. He's the most successful North American jungler of all time. And and it has been interesting, though, to me, how quickly people have uh, kind of turned on Xmithy. You know, when I when I tweeted out about, you know, just, uh, hey, the, this Immortals thing has happened. You know, I wonder if this is going to mean the return of Xmithy and some of the other LCS guys. I got a, I got a few replies, you know, from various people that were like, you know, like Smithy's like washed up. It's time for the new players. I'm like, he was in MSI Finals last year, won four straight championships. It's not as though his success is so far removed. Um, so I, I I do think it's interesting because it really does feel like out of sight, out of mind. You know, you have one bad split, now you're in academy, and like, and that's it. Everyone's done with you. To be fair, he was criticized a lot during those times as well for yeah. his general attitude and uh, I don't know about attitude, like a uh, motivation, I guess. Uh, he's always been known as the guy who plays the least, you know, solo, solo queue game. on his team. He's playing other games. He's always able to show up when it matters domestically, but has at times struggled internationally. So, like, I think for him, it's a pretty a pretty unique case where um, – he probably had people who already weren't happy at some of the, the, they were just waiting. Did. They were waiting. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, you know, like you said, public sentiment can, can flip really fast and he's not someone who cares about PR. It feels like too much where he's no. streaming and tweeting and all these things, you know, he's a pretty low key guy. So it's not like he's out there doing damage control and PR and, and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, where some players kind of do, you know, like double yeah. will, will share his thoughts on why he thinks he's bad and why he's going to get back there or something. And you don't, yeah. you don't get that from Smithy. Yeah. It, it is interesting though. Cause when you have those type of players, it's like, if you, if you don't build up your, your brand and your social and your streaming and all these things, as soon as you're at LCS, like there goes your, your income almost completely, you know, it, it's kind of very different and you almost have to be ready to like move on to something, something new or, or try to like really reshape what you've done. Uh, whereas, you know, the players who have, have like had the success and the brand, you know, it's, it's much more clear, like where they can go or what they can do next. So, uh, it is interesting seeing, seeing all kind of the different approaches. Yeah. We might have to do a, where are they now? Uh, one of these times, I don't know. Because I, I I keep track because I, I you know I just follow all the players on Twitter and stuff and then the ones that that drop out and move on to other things I don't like unfollow them uh, but so every once in a while I'll get like you know someone just graduated uh, from college or something like that I'm like oh wow someone just got their accounting job like, <laughs> yeah, interesting yeah cool all right well some accountant with ninety thousand followers <laughs> yeah yeah exactly a very famous accountant well i think that's gonna do it for uh one of our first episodes of the dip i guess we're gonna call dip. it you know these these kind of quick reaction things we want to be able to do some of these especially because we are from home it's easy to just pop on webcam and record one of these so let us know what you think uh, we'll still be doing the regular full-length episodes but we want to experiment a bit more and also remember you can send us messages at our anchor.fm link you should be able to find those um, pretty easily in the youtube descriptions or on twitter and you can send us a voice message and maybe get your question answered on next episode of the dive <laughs>